Become a Leslie's Pro member, and with almost a 1,000 locations conveniently located less than 3 miles from your service route, you can quickly get in and out and take care of your customers. Get Skimmer, America's number one pool service software platform. Listeners of the podcast can try Skimmer for free. Visit my website, swimmingpoollearning.com, and click on the Leslie's Pro and the Skimmer banners to learn more. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. Hi, welcome to the Pool Guy Podcast Show. In this episode, I'm going to cover kind of a dreaded topic, which is replacing your pool equipment. And I know this is something that nobody wants to do, especially now since the last three years, the inflation has really caused the price to skyrocket for most pool equipment. Pool Service Pro, open a Leslie's Wholesale account today and receive wholesale pricing on products you use every day. Leslie's Pool Supply offers convenient locations that are open seven days a week. Another great benefit of opening a Leslie's Wholesale account is Leslie's Referral Program. Get referred to a customer looking for weekly pool service. Save time and money and grow your pool service route and become a Leslie's Pro. So if you were not lucky enough to upgrade your pool equipment three or four years ago where the prices were a lot lower, then you're kind of stuck in a position where you're going to have to pay a premium for equipment that previously you didn't have to pay for. And you may be wondering, well, you know, are the manufacturers gouging us? And why did the price go up so high? You know, in the industry, we had a huge increase in the cost of pool chemicals, even 100% with some products. I think most of the products went up over 100%. And the same is true with equipment. And it's not the fact that it's costing more money per se, to make the equipment. It's the fact that sending it over here from China costs a lot more now. And also the cost of transportation in the U.S. went up. And so you're paying higher freight rate. You're paying higher costs for everything. And of course, the cost of raw materials have got, has gone up tremendously with the instability around the world. So there's a lot of different things that cause the prices to go up. And a lot of manufacturers are considering moving out from overseas back towards at least North America. Mexico is a big target as far as manufacturing. Pentair used to make their stuff right here across the border in Mexico. Then they moved everything to China. And I don't know if they're planning to come back to Mexico, but I know that NIDEC has come back to Mexico. And there's probably a few other manufacturers that are thinking about coming to Mexico. Mexico has the infrastructure in place to transport goods to the U.S. pretty easily. And you avoid the high shipping costs that's that's now causing the prices of the equipment to rise tremendously. So those are some of the factors that have caused the higher increase in the price of equipment. Regulations also have play a factor in that. If you live in California, Texas, I can't remember the other state, but for the gas heaters, you have to have low NOx heaters, which raises the price of that by, you know, 50 or 60 percent just for that regulation. And then, of course, the Department of Energy, I think, overstepped their bounds and they came into the pool industry and they regulated uh, single speed pumps so that, you know, you can only have a certain amount of total horsepower or total amount of output to fit the regulation. So any pump above one horsepower is usually going to have to be replaced with a variable speed pump, which has a higher price tag. Why do I say I think they overstepped their bounds? Because the regulation doesn't make any sense. There's no way to really modulate a variable speed pump. So if they really wanted to save energy or save cost of energy in customers' homes and setting limits on power consumption based on horsepower, 
then they should set every variable speed pump never to exceed 3000 RPMs because basically you can set a VS pump to full power. So if you have a 2.7 variable speed pump, you can set it to the 3450 RPMs. It will use just as much energy as a single speed pump at that point. The only savings with the VS pump is when you run it at lower speeds or lower RPMs. And so effectively, you can circumvent any kind of savings by just running it at full power. And the same goes with the fact that above-ground pools are exempt, or equipment for above-ground pools have some exemption over in-ground pools. So it makes no sense to me. And then you have entire industries that are exempt from these regulations. What comes to mind is the HVAC companies that put in swamp coolers. There's no regulation on the size of the horsepower for those pumps. So to me, I think, you know, we should self-regulate the industry. The government should not have to step in and mandate variable speed pumps. People should get those to save energy because they want to save money in an electric bill. And the mandate, I think, really also affects the price of equipment because now the manufacturers aren't making a lot of profit on their bread and butter, which was the single speed, one horsepower, 1.5 horsepower, two horsepower pumps that they were selling like hotcakes because they would not last as long as the variable speed pumps. And to make up for that, of course, everything goes up. So across the board, all these things come together to make upgrading your equipment more of a chore now than it used to be. And so the old adage, if it's not broke, don't fix it. I think this plays really well when it comes to upgrading your pool equipment. You can repair things and keep things running to some extent, but then there's a point where it's just not productive to have things running. I would say that once the once certain equipment starts to age out, you should replace it before they kind of stop working and this becomes a crisis, especially if it's the summertime and your pump stops working, the motor dies, then in that case, I definitely would recommend replacing it. Now, there are a lot of situations that happen with your equipment where you may think you need to replace it. And there are situations where you should replace it, but there are circumstances where it could be something simple and you can save that particular pump. For example, Let's say you go out to your equipment and you go to turn on your pool and you hear the motor kind of humming and then you hear it click. This indicates basically that the motor may have one of three problems. It may have the impeller impacted, which is rare. It may be burned out, so there's bearings in there and there's a shaft. And so if the motor is burning out, it's going to overheat and it's going to click off. But it may just be the start capacitor a run capacitor, and this is like a $30 or $40 part. And a lot of times you're replacing your entire pump and motor just because you're not checking the capacitor. So it's one of those things where if you have a professional pool service taking care of your pool, they'll actually save you a lot of money because the first thing a pro will think of when they hear that humming and clicking, you know, that click, again, the click, I'm not too good at that sound effect, but basically they'll let you know that, hey, we should check your start capacitor because that could be the problem. They replaced that. It may run again. And they just saved you upwards of $1,600 to $2,000 on having you install a new variable speed pump. So I say if you have a single speed pump, try to keep that running as long as you can. If you don't feel like you need to upgrade the variable speed pump, you're going to, of course, lose out on the energy savings for sure because the VS pump energy savings are no gimmick. They're real, and it'll actually pay for itself in two or three years. But it is painful to put out 1500 bucks, $2,000, 
to have one of these pumps installed. But let's say that, you know, they check out the capacitor, everything's working, it's just that the motor's burned out. And you could take it to a motor shop and have the bearings redone. I've had some success and I've had some bad experiences with this. So it's one of those things that I would say is hit and miss. It's going to save you some money by having it rebuilt. But you may only get six more months out of it. You may get a year out of it. To me, at this point, I would recommend not messing with rebuilding the motor unless you really can't afford to replace your pump. But I would say it's a good time when the pump does finally, the motor finally dies to replace the pump and motor with a variable speed pump. And depending on your pool size, you can save a little bit of money by the total horsepower rating of the variable speed pump. Let's say you have a one horsepower pump right now and you have to replace it. There's really no need to spend extra money to buy a 2.7 horsepower total horsepower VS pump because if you're connecting it to your equipment and you have 120 volts, it's going to modulate that horsepower down anyway to about one and a half horsepowers. So you're going to lose all of that extra horsepower that you thought you were getting by investing in it. So I would recommend never investing in a variable speed pump that has a total horsepower that exceeds your current pump with some few exceptions. So for example, with this one horsepower pump that burned out, motor that burned out, I would replace it with a 1.65, maybe a 1.85 if you really want a little extra power, but the 1.65 or the 1.5, and they do sell one horsepower VS pumps, but I would say a 1.65 would be the one I would go for, or one and a half total horsepower, because it gives you that little extra and your pool can handle it no problem. And the price of the lower horsepower, total horsepower VS pumps isn't much different than that. But I wouldn't recommend going with a 2.7 or a 3 total horsepower pump in your situation. Now if you have a 1.5 horsepower pump and you want to replace that, I would say consider a 1.65, a 1.85. And depending on your circumstance, you may want to go all the way up to a 2.7, but you may not need to do that. So the only reason I would suggest going to a really high horsepower pump is if the builder maybe put an undersized pump in. 1.5 horsepower should be sufficient if your equipment you know, is 20 feet or 30 feet from your spa. You're going to have no problem with the jets. If you have a lot of water features, let's say you have three water features connected and you have a spa and your equipment's like 30 or 40 feet away, then maybe a 2.7 would make it a little better. But in most cases, 90% of the time, if you have a 1.5 horsepower pump there, going with a 1.65 total horsepower or 1.85 total horsepower is perfectly fine. Your pool professional who's taking care of the pool or who's going to install it will be better to advise you because each job site is a little bit different. And I'm just here telling you kind of rules of thumb. But every job site's different, and so they may advise you to upgrade if you need to. Now, if you have a two-horsepower pump, for sure, I don't think you want to go down to 1.85. There's a reason why the builder put a two-horsepower pump there, usually. And so I would go with a 2.7 or total horsepower or the three total horsepower VS pump. The reason why I'm using that term total horsepower is because, again, you can set the RPMs to go lower. And so if you have it running at, you know, 2,800 RPMs, you're not really using that 2.7 horsepower it's going to be down to a lower horsepower basically and so not technically but basically that's how it's running on a lower speed 
And so there's no need for you to, again, upgrade from a 1 horsepower single speed to a 2.7 total horsepower. It's just not going to work effectively for you. But if you have a 2 horsepower pump there, there's probably a logical reason for that. And you don't want to go down to 1.65 or 1.85 because you may notice a decrease in maybe the water feature output or the spa jet output. So definitely kind of stick with that horsepower rating. But you can save a lot of money, again, by buying the correct VS pump based on the current single speed pump you have in your backyard now. And so does the brand of the VS pump matter? I would say technically not really. Pentair, Hayward, Jandy, they all make really good variable speed pumps. In fact, I think a lot of them use the Century Motors. And so there's a lot of crossover with components. I would say that you want to go with the brand that you, you're used to. So if you have a Pentair filter, I really have no problem with you putting a Pentair pump in, VS pump in there. If you have Hayward equipment, there's no logical reason not to go with a Hayward VS pump. They're just going to be as good as the Pentair and same with the Jandy. There's not a lot of price difference between the three major manufacturers. Where you really see the price difference is with kind of the off-brand pumps. You have Black & Decker, you have Circapool, you have Waterway, and you have the Leslie Jacuzzi brand, which is not really an off-brand pump, by the way, because it's actually a Hayward pump that's being branded for Leslie. So if you do buy the jacuzzi pump, the tan colored one with the black motor, that's actually Hayward components. So you're actually buying a Hayward pump. So jacuzzi is not technically an off-brand pump, but there are off-brand VS pumps that will save you money. So you can look at those options. You can also just replace the motor on back with a Century or Needek motor. Those are pretty good. But really, I think ultimately, if you get if your pump is 10 or 12 years old, Replacing the whole component is a lot better because you're going to get the full lifespan. I did mention that variable speed pumps will give you energy savings. They also give you cost of equipment replacement savings. So besides saving on your electric bill, and you can save upwards of 60%, maybe 80% depending on how you set your pump. And But the, it also offsets the replacement cost because VS pumps run a little different then the single speed pumps is kind of like it just used this analogy that if you drove your car 100 miles an hour every day for you know three years if you can make it that far and you drove that same car 30 miles an hour and maybe you went up to 60 miles an hour for that same three-year period i think the engine would be in a lot better shape in the car that you modulated the speed in and that's kind of the concept with vs pumps so it lasts a lot longer because they're not running at full capacity and therefore, you don't have to replace your, your motor every three or four years like you've been doing with your single-speed pump. So there is that built-in longevity when you invest in the VS pump. So when you're ready to bite the bullet and pull the trigger on a VS pump, there are some intangible savings that are kind of hidden inside that pump. So just be aware of that. And when it comes to your filter, I always say that if the filter is leaking, if you have a crack somewhere, you're best to re replace that filter entirely. Sometimes people will always, you know, will email me and say, hey, you know, I have a crack in my Pentair FNS Plus, you know, just on the top. And I see that they have a top portion for 600 bucks. What do you think about me just replacing the top? And I would say you may, it may work and it may not work because what happens when they manufacture the filters are not all exactly the same. And so when you put the top on, you may have a problem with it kind of matching up at the bottom perfectly. I've had this problem before. And so sometimes you can kind of rig it with a different O-ring, but usually the tops don't match exactly like the bottom. And then you have a new top on a 12-year-old bottom. 
So in my opinion, it's just better to invest in the whole filter and get a new top and bottom. Now, if the filter cracks and it's like five or six years old, you might get away with it. But in my opinion, it's just for a safety and it's also for the fact that I haven't seen the top and bottoms match up completely. There's always like a little problem here and there. Besides, I think that's kind of a band-aid fix in most cases. You're not saving a tremendous amount of money. I guess you're saving a good amount of money. But to me, it's really not worth it. Just replace that filter. And now you have a lot of choices with filters. If you currently have a sand filter or a D filter, now it might be the time to switch to a cartridge filter. And this is a good time to upgrade your filter. There's a lot of different brands out there. Pentair, Hayward, Jandy, Waterway, Jacuzzi. So you have plenty to choose from. And I would say if you have a sand filter, the cartridge filter in most cases is a, a really great upgrade. If you have a D filter, you can of course go with a, another D filter. But upgrading to a cartridge filter would be the way I would go. They'll give you better water quality in my opinion. More flow because of the larger square footage of the filter. And they're pretty easy to clean. You just take the top off and hose off the cartridges. No need to mess with diatomaceous earth anymore. But if you want to go with DE, you're perfectly fine with that. A sand filter, yes, is super easy to maintain. You just backwash it when needed. But it is not the most effective way to filter your pool. And you may find the cartridge filter will allow you to run your pump less and you would have better water quality. So factor in the fact that, you know, the sand filter, of course, is cheap and easy to maintain. However, you may have to run your pool longer. And so that adds into your electricity bill. Now, this is like minutia and getting into the weeds here. But you definitely want to look at all aspects when you're replacing your filter to pick the right filter for you. Because once you have it installed, you're hoping to get 10 to 12 years out of it. So you don't want to make a mistake and put the wrong filter in. And that would be something that you would replace earlier and cost you more money. When it comes to heaters, you're pretty much out of luck because the price of heaters has skyrocketed to a level that is what I consider ridiculously expensive compared to three or four years ago when it, they weren't as expensive. And to make matters worse, because there was a couple deep freezes in Texas, all the equipment was kind of gobbled up, all the spare parts, and sent to Texas the last couple of years. And what happened now is that the manufacturers don't really have a lot of small parts for older heaters. And you may run into this problem where you call a technician out, they look at your heater, let's say you have a Pentair Minimax NT, and they're like, hey, we can't get parts for this, so you have to replace it. They're not trying to upsell you because, truthfully, a lot of parts just aren't available any longer. And if they are available, they're extremely expensive. So maybe time to replace your 15-year-old heater at that point and bite the bullet on a heater. Now, a lot of people try to get away with going with a lower BTU heater. Let's say you have a 400 BTU heater now, and you see that you know the 250 BTU heater is $800 less or $600 less, and you may be tempted to go with that heater, just be aware that the BTU rating almost always reflects the heating time of the pool. So right now, if you have a 400 BTU heater or 400,000 BTU heater, I should be more technical. It takes, let's say it takes you six hours to heat your pool from 75 to 80. If you put a 250 BTU heater in there, it's going to take you 12 or 14 hours to heat your pool to that temperature. So just remember in your head that the BTU rating equals heating speed and if you wanted to get a cheaper heater, yes, you're going to save money. But I think that $800 is going to be eaten up the first year because you're going to be running your, your gas heater much longer to heat your pool. And so any savings you get up front by putting in a smaller BTU heater is going to be you know destroyed by a higher gas bill. 
higher electric bill for running the heater longer, running the pool longer to get the heater going. So I would say just go with the 400,000 BTU heater, bite the bullet, pay the extra money. You're going to like the fact that your pool heats up fast. If you have a tiny pool or you're just getting it for a spa, then you can get away with a smaller heater, 250 BTU. I wouldn't go any lower than that because then you're going to just be waiting forever for the pool to heat. Now, if you're thinking, well, I'll just change out my heater, my gas heater for a heat pump because, you know, the price is very similar. Heat pump uses electricity and my gas here is really expensive. So I'll just go with a heat pump. There's a couple things you have to know about heat pumps. And the two biggest things is that it needs a dedicated 220 volt line to it. It pulls a lot of amps when it starts up. And you can't really tap into the voltage you're using for your, your pump or any other pool equipment at the pad. So kind of picture this. You have an air conditioner in your backyard and you have a dedicated 220, 230 volt line to that. With the heat pump, you're going to need the same dedicated line. So if your main breaker doesn't have an, an access point to add that breaker to it, you have to upgrade your whole breaker on your house, which is going to be expensive. And if you don't have a sub panel by the equipment where you can connect it to, then you're going to have a problem connecting a heat pump at your pool. So make sure you call an electrician over, see if your sub panel has an opening for that, and if your main panel can actually take the extra amp amperage of the heat pump. Besides that, they're gigantic, so they take up a big area. And in California, our equipment pads are puny, and so if you're going to put a heat pump in the same spot where you had a gas heater, it may not fit there, so that's another thing to consider. So it's really more difficult to go from a gas heater setup to a heat pump. If you're having a pool built, yes, definitely maybe consider going with the heat pump, having the extra line run, because that 220 line, by the way, is extremely expensive to run. I just had one run for an air conditioner, and it was somewhere around $1,800 to run that line, about 50 feet. So it's super expensive to, to trench it and have that line run. And so consider that if you have a gas heater, you may be stuck with a gas heater for those two reasons. It'll just add way too much to the cost of switching to a heat pump. Besides that, I mentioned that a 250 BTU heater takes longer to heat up. The heat pump is going to take much longer to heat up a pool than a gas heater. So comparing a 400 BTU gas heater to a heat pump, you're going to kind of have the same correlation with a lower BTU gas heater because it, it operates differently. It operates like your air conditioner unit, basically. So it's a lot slower to heat up. The only benefit that I can see with the heat pump, if you live like in a desert area where the water gets to like 95 degrees in the summer, you can actually reverse the heat pump and it will be a chiller and it'll actually cool the pool water down. But again, your hands are kind of tied. You either have the gas already plumbed in and run to the heater or you have the electric already run to it and switching back and forth. If you had a heat pump and you want to go to a gas heater, Running a gas line is just as expensive as running an electrical line, probably more expensive, so you can't really switch back and forth either. And the last upgrade I'll briefly touch on is a saltwater generator. If you don't have one, I definitely would kind of recommend getting one in this environment with the high cost of chemicals. If you have one that's not operable, sometimes replacing it with the same one is you know, economically sound, it makes sense. And a saltwater generator or even ozone or UV is a separate component and I've done some podcasts talking about adding these to your pool. It's not technically primary equipment. I think the primary equipment would be your pump and motor, your pool filter, and your heater. And these are the three primary components that most people deal with thinking about replacing. And I hope this helps you kind of figure out, you know, what to get when you replace it and maybe save some money. 
I think having a sinking fund is definitely something you may want to consider. If your equipment is like four or five years old, start saving $100 or $200 a month to go towards replacing the equipment. It's going to be a lot better when you get your quote and you have the cash in the bank than kind of scrambling for it if there's an emergency. So definitely have some kind of fund for the equipment set up because it's not going to last forever. It's going to break. It's going to go get old like everything else. And you should have some way of paying for it without kind of breaking the bank at that moment. If you're looking for other podcasts that I recorded, you can find those on my website, swimmingprolearning.com. On the banner, click on the podcast icon. That'll take you to a drop-down menu of other podcasts I recorded. If you're interested in the coaching program, you can find more or learn more actually at poolguycoaching.com. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Have a great your week. God bless. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. Real quick, if you're not using pool service software, try Skimmer free for 30 days at getskimmer backslash pool guy. Again, that's getskimmer backslash pool guy. Skimmer, everything you need to run your pool service business all in one app.